Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at the NFL draft order as it stands today. We're going to look at the teams that are picking in the top 15 in that order, have a good discussion about who we think is going to be at the top of this order when it's all said and done, who might be a little bit further down, who might be in the playoffs right now, who we think could maybe end up with a top 15 overall pick, and then give you guys some scenarios. Work through some team needs, where each guy could be going, who's really set up in a good spot. Plus, of course, it is a stock watch episode, so Connor and I are each going to give you three guys that we watched this past weekend that we want to bring to the table that you got to get on your scouting sheets. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. I'm Trevor Sikuma. That is Connor Rogers. And today we are taking a look at the NFL draft as it stands today. I know that this is normally the stock up episode and we'll get to some stock market movement. Don't worry. We'll get to that at the end of the show. But what we wanted to do, this is Connor's idea and I thought it was brilliant. Let's take a look at the NFL draft order as it stands today. We also have a great tool over at PFF.com to look at projections of where teams are going to finish, how many wins they're going to get, which, of course, means where they're going to pick in the draft order. Connor, I'm excited about this one, man. I'm juiced up for it. Not only do we get to talk prospects, but we get to talk a little bit about what's going to happen at the very top of the draft at the end of the season, man. So this is a great idea on you. Big kudos. This is going to be a fun show. Thanks, dude. I, I think it's a good State of the Union time. I, I find myself sometimes getting so wrapped up in players and evaluations that you forget of the drama that – factors so much into this that is who is making the picks at the top of the draft and yep you know we're sitting here at the end of october where there's kind of a picture to be painted i I know things could certainly change but when you look at the actual draft order that tells you one thing but like you said when you look at pff's uh average wins based on projections that might tell you some other things so it's a good time to do that and as always we each have a couple players to get into from the weekend but This draft is going to be fascinating because of the quarterback power and defensive star talent at the top. And Mm -hmm. there's some clear contenders for who could be in the mix for those guys. There really are. You know, I also want to do this at the very top of the show. You know, Connor, we're so go, go, go during the season that we didn't even recognize our 100th episode, which was like, no. Three episodes ago at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're, we're, we missed it by <laughs> we, like a lot. We, to- we totally missed it. And uh, I just wanted to say to you guys out there listening, holy cow, 
Time has flown by. I hope it's flown by for you guys as well because of how much fun we have been having on this podcast. This is something that I'm not sitting here waiting for milestones. I'm just waiting for the next podcast, man. This is a blast for me to do. It's an honor to do it with one of my good friends in the business. And I think that hopefully that comes out in some great content, some great conversations with you guys. We've had the chance to connect with a lot of you over these last 120, 203 episodes whatever it is now so just wanted to say off the top of the show i appreciate y'all so much embracing yet another draft podcast as if there aren't a million of them already and uh this has been a lot of fun for for me and a lot of fun for connor to do and it's you guys who make that possible so just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the 100 episodes here's to uh, a lot of 100 more well said, man. I second all of that. Uh, thanks for picking me as a co-host, first off. And oh, it's just, it's been a blast. I, I love doing this show. It's I, I feel like it's the one time of the week that you can kind of take a breath and, and look at a lot of things that you just get lost in the shuffle over the weekend or throughout the week. And I know you and I, we've talked about this a lot. We're really excited even for after the season because the draft season that we had in our you know first year of doing this show was incredible. We can't wait to see... Uh, what this year brings and it's been a lot of fun and I, the community aspect to me is what's blown my mind the most the mm -hmm. people that are so involved or talk to each other or react to the show or comment on youtube uh, or leave us a review uh, and i've had people message a couple people message me on social media asking you know can we do a twitter community or a discord and, and those are things that we're always thinking of and trying to discuss and maybe when we get closer to the draft we'll find a way uh, to create even, an even better community aspect as well. Yeah, we do need to. We we, we need to look into Discord. We need. Yeah. We need. We need to look into Discord. It would I feel be a like wild ride. The, I, right. I feel like that's the next. That's the next step of the podcast. Also, uh, can we give a shout out to one listener specifically? Nicole Antonio, you are unbelievable. You guys see that? If you're watching on YouTube, you could see the custom cup that Connor Incredible. got. I have it as well. I don't have it uh, within reaching distance, but she sent Connor and I a care package, and and we just, oh, man. It just means the world. Thank you so much for not only listening awesome. to the podcast, her and Joshua, who recently got married, so obviously a big congrats uh, to those two. I just blown away, blown away by it. There, there are a couple more things. There's actually a Christmas ornament, which if you watch this show, you know that behind me, I have these two tiny little Christmas trees that are right next to my TV. So this is very topical for the show. I'm going to put one of those Christmas ornaments right on, uh, right on one of those little Christmas trees. Uh, and there, there's something else in there that I won't give away yet because I think we're going to use it on a surprise show at some point i didn't even tell you this yet but uh, okay I, I don't want to ruin the surprise but okay man every, every man and woman has to have a cup dude oh every, brother you, you gotta mean, have a go-to cup you, you gotta, gotta have a go-to cup i i will say that men specifically yeah well because we don't even wash them we have one cup there's just one. We pick one cup in the house. It's normally a plastic cup. It's probably yep. a plastic cup from like six years ago. And we make that our cup. And now I have yep. a new go-to cup with uh, with our podcast, NFL Stock Exchange, on it. So I'm very excited for it. Me too, man. I, I got a lot of uh, comments on my previous Tumblr that looked like a liquor shaker. <laughs> and, and now I've graduated, thanks to Nicole, to the Stock Exchange Tumblr as well. So... <laughs> I'm I'm over here. I got I currently have water in like a like an actual protein shaker, shaker bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know, just doing real. All right, what real, do you say? Real man, real man, real man. Things out here. One cup, <laughs> one shaker. That's all you need. All right. Before we embarrass ourselves uh, with our dishes, 
um, our dish. Uh, I don't want. What, what do I say here? Uh, how we use dishes. How we go dish about dishes. Usage? Dish usage. Dish, dish war. Dish, dish wins sure. above replacement. Before before we get too much in the weeds with that, let's let's talk about this draft order, man. We are a full seven weeks into the season, and I'll just read off the top fifteen. I'll go top 15 as it stands today. We're going to talk about that a little bit, and then we'll talk about what PFF is currently projecting for the draft order to potentially be uh, when the regular season is all said and done. Detroit Lions, uh, we had such high hopes, Connor. We had such high hopes for them. Season's not over. Yeah. Season's not done. But they're sitting here at one and five. They're picking number one overall. We got Houston at number two. Carolina, big win against the Buccaneers to get them out of number one. They're sitting there at number three. Crazy enough, man. Philly. Houston, Seattle. Those are four, five, five, and six. All three of those teams they got from trades. Those are New Orleans picks, Cleveland's picks, and Denver's pick. That's crazy. We got Pittsburgh sitting at seven, Jacksonville's at eight, Las Vegas is at nine, Atlanta's at 10, Miami because of their trade for San Francisco with the Trey Lance deal. They're sitting at 11. Got Arizona at 12, Patriots at 13, Chicago at 14, and then Washington sitting there with that number 15 overall pick. Connor, what stands out to you right now? with the draft as it is today that a couple teams that were hoping to not be in this conversation are, are still there it feels like their rebuilds are not going the exact direct there's been good signs from both the lions and jacksonville mm. but we, we didn't want to see the lions in jacksonville in the top 10 here and they, they have time to turn it around the season's young now when you look at pff's average wins they are projecting the lions at third in this draft in Jacksonville fourth. So it's not looking good right now. And once again, there's time, but Houston and Carolina, you can kind of see this coming with those teams. The one that fascinates me the most, Trevor, I'll say this in terms of like what could happen or what will be discussed. What if the Steelers are picking in the top five to eight picks of this draft? Yeah, what do they do, right? Because if you're picking, if you're picking top five, then clearly your season has not gone the way that you have planned. I think they're encouraged by Kenny Pickett right now. Kenny Pickett has certainly given them a spark that Mitchell Trubisky did not. So right now, the fresh blood, if you will, the new face, the new arm in that offense is no question about it better than what we saw from the Steelers at the beginning of the season. But is it enough to not pick Bryce Young if you can? Is it enough to not pick C.J. Stroud if you can? That's where we really get into uh, a lot of debates that may feel, to me, if we get in a situation where Pittsburgh's picking in the top five, it might be Steelers fans versus everybody because Steelers fans yep. might sit there and say, we're okay with Pickett. Yep. Uh, we could, we could, we could roll with Pickett. It's fine. And basically everyone else outside of Pittsburgh, all the other fan base in the NFL that casually just become draft fans are just going to be say, you're out of your mind. If you don't, you're pick right. One of these quarterbacks. So I totally see that as a potential thing that's happening. And I think, I don't, I haven't made up my mind in the argument. Like I want to see more of Kenny Pickett before deciding of course, that, but of course, there's not a franchise offensive lineman that we've seen yet that's a no-brainer in the top three to five picks that you're looking at the Steelers and you're going, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, as much as you'd like to see Detroit be better, Detroit picking one or two, the good side of that is they would get their quarterback of the future, which this yeah. team was always going to need eventually. I I wonder if Dan Campbell's going to be the one to pick it, though, right? Like, Great question. You know, I do think... 
coaches yes. sometimes get a really short end of the stick. There's a lot of coaches. Well, and and uh, people are going to respond to this and be like, "Yo, coaching contracts are fully guaranteed. They're doing all right." And you're right; they're going to get paid anyways. It doesn't really matter in that aspect. But you look at Dan Campbell. They made this trade with Jared Goff for Jared Goff to be his quarterback over these last two years, with the vision in mind that at the end of year two of Goff's time with the Lions, they will then get to pick their franchise quarterback. Like that is when it comes up for them. That timeline, Connor, is going according to plan. Yeah. Now I I don't think I don't think they believe they'd look this bad. It's the, the defense is a problem. That's the big issue, right? And you can look at reasons why. You can certainly look at the Lions defense on paper and say to yourself, they don't have enough talent to win. And I would tell you, you know what? You're right. But dead last, you know, like like the way that they started the season, that stuff looks ugly. And that's the stuff that might be hard for him to overcome. I just wonder if the Lions get the number one overall pick, I'm with you. That feels like the best case scenario for them. And honestly, where their rebuild is going, how the timeline of their rebuild was first established. Will Dan Campbell get the luxury or get the commitment, I'll say, to finish that part of the rebuild, to get to that point of the winning window? I don't know. It's an impatient league, man. I, I just I just don't know. I, th- I think ownership really likes him and believes in him. So I, I would lean yes, but it's a fair question now, when you're evaluating things right now, the Lions have the second easiest schedule remaining mm. for the rest of the year per PFF's projections. Houston, on the other hand, has the sixth hardest schedule remaining. So when you're looking at this, Carolina's 20, 25th uh, hardest. So they're actually, they play an easier schedule. So easier, right. Jacksonville 10th, though. So Houston and Jacksonville, their schedules are bad. You can sit there and go, man, Jacksonville should be better than what they are. But Houston, Houston, is it crazy to say the safest bet right now feels like Houston is walking out of night one of the 2023 draft with Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or in a world where things get a little wild in these next couple of months, Will Levis? Yeah, I mean, they're like, they're... like that. That's it. We're down to that already. Yeah, I, it's. For as much as the conversation is there for who's picking number one, we can argue a couple of different teams, but in terms of likelihood of a team picking in the top three, I would agree with you that Houston has the highest odds for that. They're just they're just not a high ceiling team. You know, you go, it, it goes back to the conversation that we had on the Monday podcast on what matters most. And when I talked about the Raiders versus the, the Texans, I, I said this on the show. Texans aren't bad. It's not like they're an extremely poorly coached football team. They're not catastrophic. They're just not talented. So unless you really blow it against the Texans, they just don't have the guys to be able to fight at that weight class, if you will, to be able to fight in that division. So I feel like you are right. It, It seems as though we are trending towards them being an absolute lock for one of these top quarterbacks, which, dude, it's exactly what they need. That's exactly where they want to be. So it makes sense for them. Who trades for Mac Jones instead of drafting a quarterback? Um, which, <laughs> whichever team gets is that, 
loses yeah, musical chairs in the draft. Is, is, yeah, is screwed. And you know what the problem is? Is that like Carolina can't afford to do this again. Carolina. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Carolina is in a spot where, you know, I I went on a no, no, no. I went on a Carolina radio station on Friday, last Friday, and they jokingly asked me, "Is there any way that the Carolina Panthers can win against the Buccaneers?" And I kind of laughed, obviously, at the time. I had no idea what was about to unfold. Um, didn't know PJ Walker was going to go God mode. Sorry, didn't predict it. Hats off to PJ. So I kind of said on the radio, I laughed, and I was like, they don't want to. If the Buccaneers win the game on Sunday, that is the ideal outcome for both teams. Carolina cannot be in a spot where they don't get a quarterback in this coming draft. They cannot be in that spot because even if there is a decent option of a quarterback to trade for next offseason, Carolina is not going to come close to touching it. So, man, as fun as this past week was with P.J. Walker, Connor, Carolina better start losing some football games, man. They cannot get away from this top three. They have to be in the top three if they want to slingshot this rebuild uh, the way that I think that they're hoping they can this offseason. It's, don't let Deontay Foreman get hot, dude. Don't let him get hot. Ooh, buddy. Carolina. Who is going to trade for Mac Jones? I, I was like being a, a little serious. I know that's a red alert. Oh, look, well, let's have the conversation. Who's trading for Mac Jones? Which one of these teams? Atlanta? Maybe, but why would they trade for Mac when they've got Desmond Ritter? You know? Because they didn't think Desmond Ritter was good enough to be taken in the first two rounds. Well, that's. that's... That's very true. They I just try to think like a draft room where Washington, Washington is absolutely they're picking in the middle. Here. They're not, you know, but that's probably yeah. But what want what? Yeah, what is Mac Jones worth? Mac Jones isn't worth not a first. No, 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 not a first. It's, it's this season is is that crazy? I just heard I just heard acid, those I heard right those now. words come out of my mouth. Would Mac Jones wouldn't fetch a first round pick, right? I never say never with quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's deals. that's why the second I said it, I was like, hold on, Trev. Did you just embarrass yourself on national YouTube television? I know yeah. who the team is. Who is eh, maybe I walked us back. I don't think <laughs> I know. it's like you, the, the you meme puffed of your the... chest out for that one. You were like, I know who this is. Because it makes sense, but no but knowing Chris Ballard's evaluation, no, I don't Connor. think it does. It's not the Colts. Oh, okay. Okay. It can't be the Colts. But I mean That's why it's the sense. Bucks. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. Kyle trash for Mac Jones straight up. Who what? says straight no? up? Who says no? Who says I receive, no? you receive. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan, the GOAT producer, for that thumbnail. You receive Kyle Trask. I receive Mac Jones. You know. And a fifth. You talking about the Colts. <laughs> and we're going to get every every Colts fan to turn off the podcast right now. But you bringing up the Colts is truly that meme of that of that woman who's just like, who tries, I don't remember what she tries, but she tries the drink. She's like, no. Mm, no, yep. no, absolutely yeah. not. Well, you know, like it's. <laughs> they might be in this situation where because for as bad as the cold season is what are they three three and one what's their yeah they're three three and one that and the pff Schedule's projections have poop. them picking 16th You're so no it's, man's land that's why i said it i'm like the colts aren't going to be bad enough to get one of the top three quarterbacks no way 
at that point, you got to pray Anthony Richardson declares, and everybody's too scared to take him till you get to 16, and it doesn't matter for you. I, I can't wait for the chaos that is this quarterback class. You know what is wild? What um when where are we in projected wins for the Saints? Oh, dude, they're six. Sixth. Brother, the Real Eagles bad. have the Eagles have this pick. I know. Howie Roseman is diabolical. Yeah, he's a mad scientist right Howie, now. Howie Howie Roseman is about to reunite Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis again. If he gets oh. the number six overall pick. What if Will Anderson just falls into their lap? What if the Saints really stink it up the rest of the year? I mean, that's that's the thing. If the Saints finish with a top three pick and the Eagles get Will Anderson. It's not crazy. It's really not. And they need an edge rusher like that. They, they have do? a good defense, but when you look at it, you go edge rusher for their future. Next three years, not next year. Next three years. I can't wait. I can't wait for the draft already. I love this. I forgot how much I love this because we haven't talked scenarios yet. We really haven't. Houston right now is two top five picks because they which have is Cle- great for them. They have Cleveland right from the Deshaun Watson trade. They have Cleveland's first round pick, so they have they have the number two overall pick right now, and they have the number five overall pick. There is a non-zero chance that Houston can come out of this draft with Bryce Young and Will Anderson. There's a non-zero chance that that happens, which is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that's pretty gnarly. And I'm curious to see if they move Brandon Cooks or Laramie Tunzel at this deadline and get more ammo. They should. I'm of the opinion that they should absolutely move Cooks. But I'm also of the opinion that they should not move Tunzel. I, well, I agree with that. Okay, yeah, okay, I, okay. Tunzel's playing at such a good level. He's 28. He's under contract for the next two years. But you never know. You never know. How high does Vegas have to pick to pick a quarterback in this draft? They're at nine right now. Oh, man. isn't Derek Carr has no guaranteed money after this year. Correct? Yeah, I think they, they get flexible after this. Yeah, so Carr, pretty much. If he was cut after this year... It would be about five million dead money, but you're saving almost thirty. But like, what are we talking here? Like, let's say, let's say Will Anderson's still on the board. Not Will Anderson. Sorry. Let's Will say Levis. Will Levis is still on the board, and Vegas is picking at like ten. So you you're keep, not a you you're keep not a, car. I was gonna say, so you're not like a catastrophically bad team, but you'd still like you say he takes. I don't. I don't want to say a slide because I think that this is realistic for Will Levis to be yeah, yeah, right yeah. in the middle or maybe the, even the end of the first round. Do does Las Vegas consider a quarterback if they are not in the top five? Yes. Oh, you think? You, I th- think you, so. you think they consider it? Okay. I I, I try to think, think of Josh McDaniels over there. Look at New England, right? New England mm. just came out of last year. Mac Jones makes the Pro Bowl. All he's a top one hundred player on the NFL's funny list and i'm not saying they took bailey zappy well the top 100 of the funny list yeah funny list okay all right interpret that as however you want that's funny that's pretty good i mean dude they drafted bailey zappy with a pick pick 137 i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that's a crazy priority and they did need a backup for the future brian hoyer is not going to play till he's 80 but it's still they just take quarterbacks man that's what they do josh mcdaniels is going to be the same way and it wouldn't shock me if he. What if he falls in love with Will Levis and they're picking 14th? 
Right. Sure. That's, yeah, Tough luck, Derek Carr. This guy's going to sit behind you, and you're going to hear his name called every time you throw an interception. I we wonder, don't care. I wonder how much the Devontae Adams part of this goes into that. It's a go. That is, that is like the ultimate, you know, you know Joker card. Like right. What, like what? Yeah. Because obviously he he you think that he came to the Raiders for a lot of reasons, uh, millions of reasons, if you will. But also, I think that Carr was a big reason why. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do all right. Here's a here's a here's a fun exercise. Of the teams currently not picking in the top fifteen, what is who are give me two or three teams that are most likely to be picking in the top fifteen? I like that. I'll say Washington. Oh, they are 15th. So they are dead count. 15th. You okay. coward. Just kidding. Yeah, can't use them. Just kidding. Ooh, this gets pretty tricky. I would say... I would say the Rams. I would agree. Uh, the Colts are 17, but that's... I mean, they that's, count? That's, they, they, do, they do count. And then, like, Green Bay is currently picking 16. So I think the obvious answers are Green Bay and Indianapolis, but they're sitting right there at 15. I'm kind of more looking at these projected, or at least where we have it right now, the playoff teams. I don't, I, I don't want to say Seattle, man. My heart no. is, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you know what? I'm not going to do it. Okay, so Rams are one. Yeah, BFF is projecting them to be 15th. Seattle. Yeah. Hating ass, hating ass. They have the eighth hardest schedule moving forward. Oh damn! Rams are currently twentieth. They're sitting there at three and three. I think there's a decent chance that they're picking in the top fifteen. I don't. I bet a lot of people would say the Jets. Jets are five and two. They're picking twenty sixth. Unreal words that just came out of my mouth. I will. I will not. I think the not the trade for James Robinson itself. But it shows you that they're not looking at their massive injuries they just suffered and saying, well, we had a good start to the season. We'll try again next year. Uh, wow. They're currently projected at nine and a half wins. 9.4. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 18th uh, hardest schedule remaining. So okay. not an overwhelming schedule. You I'm not saying they're you know, it's a sneaky, going on a playoff you know, it's run. It's a sneaky but... one. It's a real sneaky one. The Chargers. I think the Chargers Their defense are is in trouble. Sneaky potential top 15 team. Yeah. Just lost JC Jackson for a long Who time. Who was not playing well. Not anyway. playing well. Got to make that very clear. But, but it's, it can always get worse. Oh, baby. You've watched enough Jets football and I've watched enough Bucks football to tell the good people out there. It, it can always get worse. Always. Trust me. Always get worse. Whoever whoever you're hating on on Sundays when he goes down and you go, our problems are solved. Guess what? Uh, Murphy's Law. Uh, sometimes there's a reason why they're out there. All right. Well, got anything else for the draft order? Do you have no, other- I think that was a good. Uh, you want to what do they call it? Primer. Yeah, sure. I don't yeah, know. It'll work. Yeah, yeah. And horse a uh, horse divorce. Yeah, there. I like that a lot. So, some good. somebody somebody laughed. I think it was on. It's just football when I when I pronounced hors d'oeuvres as horse divorce, because that's it's like, so good. When you just look at it, that's how it's said. And like people freak out about it. They're like, oh, why? that's not how it's, that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> that's not how it's pronounced. And I'm like, yes. It's like calling jalapenos jalapenos. Jalapenos. Gets everybody. They look at you like you're actually an idiot. And you're like, I'm not actually an idiot. And I'm just trying to mess with you. Uh, you know, 
I think this is a good time to admit that uh, to the world that my dad, who does not listen to the podcast, love him to death. Uh, he constantly refers to Chipotle as Chipotle. Chipotle like, is Chipotle. Yeah, he just calls it. Chipotle. Oh, man, my dad, my dad's got some good ones. I got to think of this. But I think that's, that's a, a classic one. dad one. You know, like dads, it, dads do that. Yeah. What? And they just keep moving. They don't even like correct oh, themselves unfa- or try unfazed, to correct. Unfazed. I, it's a really like when you get to that point in life, it's really imp- it's you know you can commend someone for that. You don't even care. Yeah, my you don't care at all. My dad's had enough. My dad was a small business owner. He's. Uh, he's had enough stress in his life of people management that he's had to deal with that if he pronounces a restaurant the wrong way, he doesn't give a shit. Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is moving on. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know where I that have came to, from. Uh, I have to admit something before we move on to stock up. I did Google Kyler Murray's contract extension to see if he could be traded. but Can he? Nah, can, no. you read, can you read me the numbers just for fun? Just for, yeah. just for hey, just for fun, just for fun. You know, like, no, no, hey, man. let's let's say Mac Jones becomes available. You know, just for fun. You know, just, just for fun. Well, so his cap number next year is only sixteen mil, and then two thousand twenty four goes up to fifty two mil. Ooh, which is quite the quite the rise. It, it's just that it's all that guaranteed money in bonuses. Mm. That so his. Guaranteed salary in 2024 is 35 million dollars. Okay, there, there's just it's not a contract that I, I. It would take a lot of different cap gymnastics and logistics and cash flow. I don't think many in Arizona are going to be there after the year, but I think whoever takes that job is inheriting. Yeah, yeah. Kyler Murray absolutely is. Kyler Murray's not going anywhere. Even if they cleaned, if they fully cleaned house, like if they got rid of the general manager, everybody on the front office, everybody on the coaching staff, Kyler Murray would still be there. Kyler Kyler probably gets to pick the coach. Right. He is the lowest on the pecking order of who do we who do we get rid of here i think the, the the quarterback is absolutely going to be the last guy who's out of town in arizona and i don't think that he's going to be out of town uh before we move on to some stock up we're going to give you some uh some players that we like from over the weekend that we want you guys to have on your scouting radar got a question for you what if you could have invested in tom brady's stock as a rookie okay your investment would be worth up to four thousand percent higher than the money that you put in. Now it's not what if, but who's next. Mojo is the all new sports stock market that lets you invest in your favorite athletes and cash in on your passion. You sign up right now at the Apple store, get your first stock for free. And if you invest it the right way, could be worth up to $10,000. Over 300 players are listed on Mojo. So you can invest in rookie. Oh, the script, dude. The script is brutal. It says you can invest in rookies like Brees Hall, which... No. <laughs> and then it says rising stars like Elijah Moore. Oh, my... And now you're out on the street looking for SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> you got nothing. But comeback candidates like Saquon Barkley, right? Or you can throw in some money in superstars like Patrick Mahomes. So if you think that they're on the up, look, I'll sub them out. Invest in stock in... Uh, in Tariq Woolen, because it's just it's just going to keep going through the roof, my friends. It's just going to keep going up. And then if you want another running back who is in a similar spot, Kenneth Walker, uh, Damian Pierce. There you go. Throw some money on the line um, and win some cash. Go along to make money when an underrated diamond in the rough breaks out. Or you can short sell an overrated rival and make some money as well if he Jesus. flops. Dude, I'm all about hate money. I'm all about it. 
rooting against it. people to lose for financial gain. That's what I'm all about. Prices <laughs> move with every play, every game, every single headline. You can buy and sell instantly anytime all year long, so the action never stops. Mojo live in New Jersey right now. So download Mojo in the Apple Store today. Start turning playmakers into money makers. Must be 21 or older to use Mojo located in New Jersey to make those trades. You got a gambling problem? Help is available at 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, it's time for some stock up. Where are we going? Where are we going this week, Connor? You got three. I got three. Who do you want to start with? Anthony Orgy, the oh. linebacker from Vanderbilt. Pause. My God, this Pause. is one of the best games from a linebacker I've seen in the last couple of years. All honestly. right, let's hear it. Let's hear I, it. I just uh, the orgy was everywhere, dude. You couldn't miss it. You hey, could yo. not. You could not miss the orgy out on the field. I mean, thanks, RG three. It's just. <laughs> did you see? Did you see when he said that? He literally said that live on the broadcast. I think no. I'm, I think Anthony Orgy got a safety, and Robert Griffin III, who is doing the color on the broadcast, is like, "It's an orgy in the end zone." Oh, and that is like, unbelievable! Oh man, he said that's that on unreal. Broadcast, it's crazy. Wow. Anyways, keep uh, on. Go ahead. This game was just truly insane from him. He had a sack that kind of went viral because his teammate jumped over the pass protecting running backs which was really cool uh really cool move so he had the sack that they both kind of contributed to being a strip sack he had four tackles for a loss he had a forced fumble against the run so he was in on the strip sack he forced the fumble against the run he had four tackles for a loss and he had an interception I i mean this was just I, there's not games like this for anyone. It was insane. It was really insane. Six foot two, two hundred thirty pounds. Play speed, instincts, uh, just wild. Really wild. He he's a good blitzer. He's obviously pretty adequate in coverage, but his range in the run game is what makes him such a fun player to watch. So I, I was insanely impressed. It was one of those games where you had on the TV, you just couldn't miss him. He was in on every single play, making big plays, taking away the football in three different varieties. Anthony Orgy, it was just number zero. I love that on a linebacker. Oh, really, yeah. really. It's such a great aesthetic. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was I was blown away. He was somebody that right away I was like, man, I gotta I gotta go watch the rest of the tape of this guy because this is just an unreal performance. Uh so my fiance Alyssa was doing sideline for Vanderbilt Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago. And I actually got to go you were there, right? And, yeah. Yeah, I actually got to go watch that game in person and he's clearly their best defense player. Clearly. Yep. I mean I I get it. People who are listening to this are going to be like, yo, it's Vanderbilt. But, but Anthony Orgy is actually legit. Like he was the best player on the, on the, on the defensive side. No doubt about it. They also have a guy who we shouted out. I think it was that week um, on the offensive side of the football, Jaden McGowan, the, the freshman wide receiver, but those two clearly standing out as the best two players on the team. Um, shout out to Will Shepard though. He's also, he is also good. He's going to be a draft eligible guy as well so i gotta get eyes on him man i, I gotta look at him under a microscope and uh i, I definitely gotta get to him because of senior that, uh, and so you, and you love to see that he's gonna be yeah, in the circuit all-star circuit i was gonna say you all right trevor who you got think he's a senior bowl guy think he's a senior bowl guy? oh yeah okay oh yeah uh i'll it, stick your i'll stick it, in the first round uh, not first round first round of invites Ah, okay. There we yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. First round, just like making. Yeah, the pump the brakes. Not first round player. Not yet. Making that the headline of the uh, the YouTube video, and it's just like a. No, it's an orgy just... in the first round. Jesus. 
It's okay. Moving on. I'll stick in the SEC. Um, I'm going to go with Marshawn Lloyd, the running back from South Carolina, who had a really good week this past week. South Carolina took down Texas A&M for the first time in uh, in school history, I believe, that they Is defeated that right? Texas A&M. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know it was the first time ever. Yeah. Yeah. So A&M came to the SEC in 2014. Was it 14? Because they weren't always they weren't always in the SEC, and I think it was yep. maybe it was a little bit before. It was a 14. You're around the. You're, I think you're it was something like that. Close. 13, 14, whatever. And um, they're in the SEC West. The Gamecocks are in the SEC East, so they don't play every year, guaranteed. But yeah, they've never beaten Texas A&M, and they were right. able to uh, get off the Schneid this past weekend, which was great. Um, Marshawn Lloyd, though, they're running back. They lean on him, and he absolutely delivered. Five foot nine, 212 pounds. He's a redshirt sophomore this year. Was supposed to get some serious playing time in his freshman season, but he tore his ACL on the second day of camp in his true freshman season. How bad does that suck, man? You go yeah. through that, re- that whole recruiting cycle. You make the stressful decision of making a final spot. You go to a school that you love. You get in camp. You can't. You can't wait to really get after it, and you tear your ACL on day two. Like that. That just reading that sucks. Stinks. So I, I, I hate reading that. But fast forward, and he's putting himself in a great spot. This past weekend, at 18 carries, 92 rushing yards, two touchdowns, 88 yards after contact. He only had Oof. four yards that didn't come before some contact. Really liked what I saw from this rusher. He is. He's going to have some fan favorites. I think as a mid round back. Um, a draft eligible this year. I'm not so sure he declares, right? Because it's not like he's blowing the doors off with, with stats, but there are some traits to really like. First of all, he's very light on his feet. There are a handful of plays against AM where defender was able to penetrate on the interior, so beating either the guard or the center, and they were able to get close to him, and they were going for a tackle, so they were going kind of low on him, and he was able to just jump right over him, sidestep him, whatever he was able to do to – avoid that in the backfield and take what could have been a negative play turn into a positive normally getting um yards after the line of scrimmage as well and that's because of footwork and you see that as well when he's kind of dancing behind the line of scrimmage when he's running behind pullers um certainly when he is a mid-zone inside zone runner as well another scheme that i really like for him because of his footwork he's just light on his feet and because of that he has a lot of good elusiveness especially we saw that on saturday um use his shoulders to set up defenders for a little stutter step, a move that he consistently goes to, whether it's behind the line of scrimmage or in space outside of it. I'll say this, man. He's got a little Kenneth Walker to him. He really mm. does. I watched I watched Kenneth Walker last year plenty, not just for the draft, but I also was doing a feature story on him when he was at Michigan State. And, I, and the first thing I noticed is like, okay, this guy bounces out to the outside a little bit too much, but he's so good at it. Like he's so light on his feet that when you get initial penetration on him, he will bounce right by the initial penetration and then he will go to where the open space is. He'll go to the outside. He'll uh, get towards the sideline and he'll normally be able to uh, overpower defensive backs that are out there or outrun linebackers that are trying to chase him to the sideline. And I saw a handful of those similar plays in Marshawn Lloyd's game this past week against Texas A&M. So Got him. He's got a knack for getting skinny in between blocking concepts, especially when it comes to zone. You know, when those creases, those cutback lanes are real tight, he's able to somehow get that 210, 215 pound frame right through it. So I love how he gets skinny, if you will, a scouting term that I learned a long, long time ago. All in all, I'm not so sure that Marshawn Lloyd is going to declare because it's his first year really getting carries after coming back from that ACL surgery. 
So I think he's probably a guy who's destined for the 2024 class. But if he comes out this year, there are traits that I like that I think can uh, that can definitely succeed in the NFL. It's a great shout. I mean, he was the fifth best running back in the country in his recruiting class. So there are huge expectations for this guy who's right. He's healthy. And what it sounded like you were talking about, Trevor, is that he's he's looking like the guy that school expected him to be. And it's yeah. just a matter of you know how hot does he get this year with running backs you never rule it out you never rule it out that it's like hey you've shown enough uh for scouts to know keep those legs fresh and get to the nfl yep or really get comfortable have a monster year in 2023 because he's only a redshirt sophomore like you said so marshawn lloyd definitely somebody i'm excited uh to keep watching as well all right one for me that I thought he'd be in the NFL already, to be honest with you, at this point. But I was really impressed with what I saw this weekend. Zach Harrison on Ohio State, the big defensive end. Was, wasn't but, his grade insane? Insane. He had a day pass rushing. He had eight pass rush snaps. And he only eight against Iowa. Okay. And he had a 96.5 grade. That is territory that's just... <laughs> Man's getting after it. It's not seen very often. He had a sack, two more quarterback hits, two more quarterback hurries. So mm -hmm. essentially, and an unblocked pressure. So he got home on six of his eight reps. <laughs> That's like that'll do. You're against a, a, a traffic cone at that point, is what it looks like. And oh, and that's that's Iowa too. It's, and o -line, it's Iowa. It's O line U. What I really liked with Harrison, it, what I I had big expectations expectations from going into 2021, and mm -hmm. I think he showed power at times, but really just no. We know how well that school coaches up D-line. And he didn't look like a guy that had a wide array in the toolbox while he had all the physical gifts. And what I saw against Iowa was winning in a variety of ways that can make him a scary player. There was a quarterback hit that he got off the ball really fast, two-hand swipe, beats that soft shoulder to the outside, and kills the quarterback and almost forced him to throw an interception. It was a batted pass. The strip sack, he was so twitchy. Uh, setting up the inside move that he got the tackle to overset wide. He shot through that gap and ch and and really ran the hoop to chase the quarterback oh. as we see at the combine drill. Ran that hoop nice. and got the strip sack. I mean, this is a dude that look. He's a six foot six, two hundred seventy five pound defensive end. He's, he's a big huge. guy, and at times, what I saw last year is. I'm like, man, he, he just he moves a little slower than you'd like, but he's big, so that's what you get. Mm -hmm. He was moving, moving in this game where I'm like, man, he's starting to figure it out as a rusher where he he might never develop into that guy that a lot of people saw as a recruiter underclassman and said, like, he, he's going to be a top 15 pick one day, but he's figuring it out as a rusher while being such a strong, uh, powerful, edge-setting run defender I was very, very impressed and, and very happy to see him take these kinds of strides. Yeah, that was that was the main question for me after seeing him a little bit when we were going through summer scouting is, okay, I know what I'm getting from this player, both from a physical standpoint and a power standpoint. Like, this is a guy who you could put his hand in the dirt. He could be a 4-3 defensive end for you. You can kick him inside a little bit because he's got the length. He's got the size. He won't be overwhelmed too much. So you've got that versatility there. But does yep. he have the juice? And I didn't see a ton of juice from him consistently no. last year. I'd love to go back to this game because you even mentioning him getting close to a position where he's running the hoops that tells me that okay you're coming around the corner with some speed you've worked on your ankle flexibility as much as you possibly can you know and that's that's stuff that will potentially unlock zach harrison to yep. be a top 50 pick 
when it comes to April. Yep. So gotta watch him. Gotta watch him. Love, love yeah, him. It, it was just really good to see because you know it's always been there, and you're like, okay, this is you're gonna be in some big games this year for that program, and you're obviously gonna have the spotlight and that chance. And he, he looks. I know Iowa has not had the year that we expect from Iowa, but he looked good. Looked real good. Love it. Have you talked about Parker Washington yet, the wide receiver from Penn State? I, I have not. I don't think we have. So no, we haven't. There's a handful of people that have that have tweeted at us, messaged, messaged us what we our get thoughts are. We a lot of Penn are. State requests, by the way. I just well, wanna, no, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying we that's the school we get the most requests from on a weekly basis. I think you're right. But, dude, athletes at Penn State. They know Incredible. how to recruit athletes, and so that immediately translates into potential draft guys. So as a freshman had 489 yards receiving, six touchdowns. As a sophomore last year, he upped that to 820 yards, had four touchdowns. This year, he's not lighting the world on fire, and I think that that's why people aren't paying as much attention to him as they potentially could, but should they? I'll argue that. I, I would argue that. He stands at 5'10", 212 pounds. He's a slot receiver, as you would expect. Redshirt sophomore. Um, as a redshirt freshman, he actually uh, had seven starts and was second on the team with those 64 catches, 820 yards, and five touchdowns. So they were leaning on him constantly. Going to be honest with you, Connor. Quarterback play at Penn State, not great. Suboptimal. It is suboptimal is a good way to uh, is a good way to explain it. Good way to encapsulate it. But Parker Washington definitely shows out in a variety of different ways, man. I think that he is a really good high end straight kind of a slot wide receiver. Now, I don't think he's blazing fast, but I know he's got a track background. I know he ran track in high school, and you could see that when it comes to that acceleration. You know how you know how you watch Jamar Chase. And it's almost like this smooth acceleration to where you're almost fooled into thinking he's not athletic, but then all of a sudden he's just running past all of the defensive backs that are on the field. That's kind of how I feel with Parker Washington. He's such a smooth speed, smooth buildup that you, you watch guys who play in the slot. And if they're not these freakishly quick twitch players, you say to yourself, oh, there's other athletes that I'd rather have at the slot position. Be careful of being fooled with that when it comes to especially Parker Washington because he is a guy who a lot of his production is schemed up. It's mesh concepts. It's drag routes over the middle. You know, they're trying to just get him moving horizontal across the line of scrimmage, easy dump off pass to him. He can get a lot of yards after the catch. But when they ask him to run routes, man, he sinks those hips, those feet chop, and he can break. He creates separation on his breaks, but Kind of my favorite part about him is he's five foot ten. He can go up and catch the ball away from his frame as if he is six foot two, six foot three. This past week against Minnesota, he had an incredible body spinning, sky floating catch for a touchdown straight over a defender where he just absolutely mossed the dude. And you go, I'm sorry, he's five ten. That's not even the part of his game that he boasts. Love how good of a natural hands catcher he is. Uh, love what he can do after the catch when he immediately becomes a playmaker. He's got to be averaging a ton of um, missed tackles forced on the season because I, I saw them with my own eyes on tape. But this is a guy, man, when you look at potential slot receivers in this class and you kind of formulate who do I like the most, he feels like my cup of tea. He feels like a guy who, yes, he's got the slot skill set and the slot size, 
but he can even give you a little bit more than that. Those are the kind of players that I gravitate towards. So I really do like Parker Washington. I think that there's a chance that he could be a top 50 guy for real. Love to hear that. Uh, and somebody that <clears throat> has been productive right away, which is so rare at the wide receiver position in college. Like you said, I mean, he was productive as a freshman on that team. And he's got a thick build, man. 5'10", 212. Yep. I mean, he's he's built like a running back more yep, than a slot truly. receiver. Reminds me of uh, Amari Rogers was built like that, who the Packers drafted as a slot for them. He had that thick slot build. So he's got to hang on to the football. He's got to hang on to the football. All right, my last one here, uh, brief mention, because kind of like you said, you know, earlier in the show, is that you don't always expect these guys to declare when they're in that redshirt sophomore category. And, and Frank Gore Jr. is somebody who is a redshirt sophomore, <laughs> not playing for a big program, Southern Miss. Man, he looks good. This is the first time I watched Frank Gore Jr. He He's five foot nine, about 200 pounds, and he's forcing a ton of missed tackles. He forced eight missed tackles on the ground as a runner. And he forced another two uh, missed tackles on his only reception, which was a 21-yard catch in this game. Really just a check down where it looked like he honestly made three guys miss on the play. He's very, very elusive, Trevor. Really good feet. Uh, stop and start. He can run through contact like his dad did. But, I mean, he had 96 rushing yards, and 77 of them were after contact. I think he's been quietly one of the better yards after contact running backs in the country this year. The blocking is not great with this program and he's making guys miss right at the line of scrimmage they run a wildcat package with him pretty consistently that's how much they want the ball in his hands i mean there was multiple he had 20 attempts there were multiple wildcat attempts with gore uh as well so maybe a guy that we're a year early on here but frank gore jr is going to be playing in the nfl just like his dad oh i was gonna say off name alone off yeah. name alone he's gonna be playing wasn't in a the big NFL. recruit though that's true. Obviously, that is true. I mean, and Southern Miss, no offense, was, Southern Miss. I was going to say, if he was a bigger crew, he, uh, we got to think he would have been in Miami, right? Probably would have been I in think, Miami. Just on legacy alone, right? Right. So, I, 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 it was, it was when I first learned of Frank Gore Jr. Outside of me being like, "Damn, I'm old." Uh, my next, my next immediate thought was, "Hey, like, well, how did he end up at Southern Miss?" So, um, you know, maybe we'll be able to. Uh, Maybe our people over at PFF, we can get a little sit down with them. Ask them all about it. Ask them what it was like living in the, uh, maybe living in the dad's shadow and kind it of would pave, be cool. paving his and, own way. You know, that'd be awesome. I'd love to learn his story. And, yeah, and really did, right? You see so many uh, recruits or, or children of famous players that go on to be huge recruits. And they're covered maybe a little differently than the average player because they have, it's tougher for them, the expectations. But Frank Gore Jr., I mean, obviously a good high school player, but goes to Southern Miss, wasn't a big recruit, and now he looks like a really, really good player that's going to find his way into the NFL. So it's, which doesn't surprise anybody when you look at the bloodlines at right. all. So you ready? You ready for this cool last one, Connor? Yeah, I, I am. What do you got to close out the show? Let's go, baby! It's Bo Nix time. Oh we no, he didn't. We threw on the tape. He's out. He's out. <laughs> For those of you who are Bo only Nix? <laughs> Bo Nix? Uh, oh, listen to man. me, man. I get it. I get it. Top 10 matchup this past weekend. Oregon versus UCLA. My man, Bo Nix. I never wavered. Never. 22 for 28. <laughs> 283 yards. Five touchdowns. Zero picks. 
Okay. All right. Let's let us let us bring you up to speed here. Obviously, a lot of people know of Bo Nix. Six foot two, 215 pounds. He's a senior, transferred from Auburn's because uh, he, well, he wasn't very good. Uh, he wasn't very good in the SEC. He had he had he never one, wavered though. He had one. No, I never wavered. Uh, he had one good first quarter against Oregon, his true freshman season, that he made like two or three throws, and then all of a sudden, everyone just like couldn't stop about talking about Bo Nix. It was mayhem, even though he it was fun for a week. Right, but then I think the next two years we had a lot more tape on him, and he just never was able to take that step forward. Obviously, you go into this year as well. Oregon plays Georgia right off the bat. Knicks does not look good. That game was again bad, and people were like, "All right, well, not much has changed for Bo Knicks." Look, it's one game against UCLA. Without question, Bo Knicks' best game, without question. And I'm even going beyond the stats because, yeah, he threw five touchdowns, but. He really only had about one or two big-time throws. There were a couple of turnover-worthy plays. We didn't knock him for any. We we have a zero for turnover-worthy plays. But I went. I watched all 30 of his dropbacks this past game, and there were one and two that you could have considered turnover-worthy plays, I think. This past game read the defense incredibly well. I've never seen him play with more confidence, truly. He was reading defense in the pre-snap. He was adjusting where guys were going um, at, at the line of scrimmage. He knew exactly where his guys were going to be playing and where the open space was coming from. That ball was coming out of his hands exactly when it needed to. It was coming out fast, and it was coming out accurately. There were two back shoulder throws in particular when I where I went, excuse me? Like that, that's an, that he, those were legitimate NFL throws that he made on those two back shoulder balls, which are beautiful to see. He also hit a couple of running backs on some wheel routes fantastically right in stride for them to get, uh, to great, get great yards after the catch showed off the arm with both distance and velocity, but the velocity is what stood out so much to me because of how, how confident he was in this past game. It's one game. I get it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Bo Nix is now a first rounder and that, uh, and that I never wavered and that I always believed, although I never wavered and I always believed, but it was cool to see this kind of a game from him because for as much as the tape really hasn't matched the hype for him in most of his college career, there is a reason why a lot of people couldn't quit talking about him. And that is because he is a decently mobile quarterback with a damn good arm. And I think that we saw that this past week with Oregon really putting it on UCLA. This was the best I've ever seen Bo Nix look. Will it be the catalyst for this to be the standard for him moving forward? Who knows? But in the moment, I wanted to bring him up because it was a big name. There's a reason we haven't talked about him to this point. But I got to give the hats off. Great performance for him. I think it was the best of his career. No, and well done by you. I mean, it's true. He had an awesome weekend. And I mean, the reality is that Bo Nix is is going to be a part of the draft process. This just happens every year, right? With these these guys that have a chance to go to the All-Star Games. It might not be the Senior Bowl, right? It might be the Shrine Game. It, it might, might be... be uh, there's a lot out there. NFL PA Bowl. That, and guys get the, drafted. The, the NFL Stock Exchange Bowl, which you and I are starting. We're gonna that would actually be amazing. If would, you I, and I... What would we call our teams? We wouldn't do East or West or North or South. Oh, what's an inside joke on the pod? Yeah, I was going to say. It's got to be some sort of inside joke. Somebody's... Uh... I'll keep talking while you look this up. No, I can't look it up. There there has to be like a mailbag <laughs> episode where you and I have been on opposite ends of a pop culture trend. Phenomenon? Yeah, that, uh, I'm that, sure. we, that we could have done that we could have done here. But maybe the Man. listeners remember better than we do. Bo Nix is one of the more fascinating people to Google... It, he's from a place 
because uh, I was looking for his stats for this year, and his mm-hmm. Wikipedia comes up on the sidebar. He's from Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Doesn't Arkadelphia sound like if there was just Philadelphia and Arkansas? I mean, as if Ar- as if as if Arkansas couldn't be original enough, they just would just are Kansas. You know, now they're now they're taking Philadelphia. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Right, right. What I'm kidding. I'm what kidding. Arkansas people from doing? Arkansas. Yeah, we're gonna get some hate mail. I it's, actually, it's I actually love. look love the Arkansas football program. Love Sam Pittman. Y'all are great. And I've been, I've, I've honestly, I've been to Fayetteville. It's a wonderful place. So. I, surprisingly, I have too. It You've is been a Fayetteville? nice place. I yeah. have been to Fayetteville. Everybody's very nice. It is a cool little college town when you kind of get into town. And it's, I remember we were staying at a hotel that was close to campus, and I went on a little run for a workout around campus, and it's just beautiful, gorgeous. It is Italy, very nice. Very, you know, laid out very well. Big shout out to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Big shout out. I drove. Wish the airport from... was a little closer, but you know that was the issue. Right, I, <laughs> it's I, like yeah. an hour and thirty minute away from the airport. Yeah, I was driving uh, all over the place and drove through Fayetteville and hung out in Fayetteville um, on the way to the airport. But I had like a, a full day to kill, and I my flight actually got canceled that night because of thunderstorm. Oh, no. So I spent even more time. I've had some weird adventures in this country, man. I can't even begin to tell you, and I won't spend the rest of the pod doing so. Well, next next mailbag, somebody needs to ask Connor, what's your what are your top three adventure? weirdest travel adventures? Oh yeah. my god, I've been to some weird places. See, now so, you got me hyped up for. Fayetteville's not I'm one of them. Fayetteville was very. Fayetteville's not a weird place. Fayetteville was very normal no, amongst the list. Man, yeah, loaded show today. Indeed, Bo Nix made his way onto the show. Shout out to Bo Nix. Shout out to Bo Nix, you know? It's all from I got. Arkadelphia. From Arkadelphia, Arkansas. God, what an unbelievable. I would say we'll we'll time. promo tomorrow's show, but I have no idea what we're doing. We'll figure out something fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, I won't lie to you, good people. We don't know what we're doing yet. But the beauty of the Thursday shows is that we have the flexibility to be able to do whatever we want. I think we've come we come up with some uh good topics. You guys have as well. And as always, we love to hear from you. It's not just don't don't think of this as oh i gotta i gotta listen for the end of the episode and if they like ask me for ideas like then i'll tweet them at ideas if you've got a format for the show we'd love to hear you you hear from you um at tampa bay trey on twitter at connor j rogers on twitter you can find us on instagram as well if that is your medium of uh of conversation and connecting you can definitely do that too we'd always love to hear if you're like hey i had this idea for the pod i think it's really cool if you guys like drafted this or oh dude we haven't done it we haven't done a good old-fashioned head-to-head draft in a while we haven't. Maybe we could do that. Something draft related? We draft something. We'll we'll come up with something. We have we have time. What are your top Bo Nix games? <laughs> your Bo's, favorite five Bo Nix games Bo's draft career. against each other. I get the first pick. I'm gonna pick this past game. Okay, thanks. For yeah, watching. and I'll take his first ever game, and then good luck from there. UDFA grades. Sorry. Shout out to Bonex from Arkadelphia. So, all right. Yeah, we're going to, no matter what it is on Thursday, we're going to have a good time. Maybe we'll be draft related. But honestly, uh, if you guys ever have ideas for the show, hit us up. We're always looking to uh, try to facilitate some really great ideas and give you guys exactly what you want to hear. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. We will see you guys on Thursday for another edition of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you guys then.